Welcome to Rooster Radio, a broadcast dedicated to supporting and promoting local artists and musicians in the Gaston County and surrounding areas. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Cody with a K. Here with me as always, Michael Carpenter. In part one, we were getting to know the guys and gal in Dixie Revival. Make sure you check out part one before listening here. And now, we hope you enjoy the continuation of Rooster Radio, episode eight. Let's dive in. So, Matt and Holly, you guys have a great story. Would you mind telling our listeners how you found each other? Man, I will... (laughs) I'll go ahead and take the lead on this one. So it must have been somewhere around the year 2000. I was in a a little three-piece praise and worship band called No Compromise. Kind of when praise and worship music was just kind of busting the scene in churches. I used to live in a little town called Plymouth, North Carolina, about an hour or so from the Outer Banks. And uh, we had a friend uh, that contacted us, and she said, listen, we're doing a concert. Would you guys mind coming and opening? We'll pay for your hotel rooms. We can't pay you any money, but we'll give you the hotel rooms. You know, we'll, we'll feed you. We'll take you. And I was like, yeah, of course. You know, we'll, we'll, we'll take off and go. So my dad was driving a Ford Taurus at the time. He paid to have a Reese hitch put on that thing, right? <laughs> so there was no enclosed trailer for us. It was an open trailer. We covered everything with tarps, amps, guitars. I mean, everything, you know. No big deal. We Yeah, no big deal. If it rains, you know, whatever. I'm going to replace it, you know. So God blessed us, and, and there was no rain, and so we took off down there. So we set up at this venue. I walk in. We set up, and the first person I come into contact with was Holly's dad, Mike. And I was like, you know, hey, I'm Matt Branch, you know. We're, you know. He was like, yeah, I heard you guys were coming, you know. And he said, three for one is actually doing the main show here. I was like, oh, that's great. You know, we'll, we'll sound check. We'll be out of your way in, you know, just a few minutes. So, unbeknownst to me, Holly sang for a group called Three for One. Okay. So, I didn't think anything about it. We did our thing. They did their thing. We talked, you know, hey, what's up? Well, in the process of talking to their lead vocalist, whose name was Brad Hudson, I discovered that they had a studio in Bessemer City. Well, I lived in Stanley, North Carolina at the time, which was 15 minutes, 20 minutes down the road. Yeah. So I became pretty good friends with Brad, you know, and he would be like, you know, you know, he would come sit on some of our rehearsals and, you know, you, you try to do this, try to do that, you know, you guys. Do, yeah. So anyway, he was helping us out a little bit. Well, I noticed that anytime he invited me to the studio, Holly was never around. So I was like, well, I know there's the three of you that sing. Holly's fully employed here at the time, and she's not here. Where you know, where's Holly at? Never thought anything about it. So time went on. Never, you know, never thought anything about it. Of course, as high school bands do, that that band kind of dissolved, and it was the end of it. So I went to work at the Gaston County Sheriff's Office in April of 2012. Oh, excuse me, April of 2004. Unbeknownst to me, Holly's then uh, fiance, who she married also worked in the jail, in the detention center with us. Okay. And he was like, Matt, you know, and this is, you know, time has gone on. Right. He was like, Matt, I know you got a band together. He was like, why don't you guys set up and play for my wife? They're starting an independent record label, blah, 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 blah. They might be able to help you, you know, whatever. So I was in a country band at that time called Cold Shot. Cold Shot. Me, Charlie, Mike, and a guy named Ross Puckett. 
So we set up and played. And uh, her and the executive producer, Scott Whitener, Scott Whitener said, we want to sign you guys on our independent label. You guys have got a good crowd. You've always got a good following. So here it goes. So yeah. here we go. We get signed on this record label. Here's Holly. She's the producer. Yeah. She so finally like, showed up. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, holy crap. There she is. You know, I thought she was just a figment of my imagination. See? So long story short, I won't get into the whole details. You know, she ended up being separated. I ended up being separated. And it was a whole big thing. But Holly and I developed a relationship. And it was strictly, at the time, it was strictly just, she's our producer. She owns a record label. We're just working together. You know, this is it. And like I said, I was friends with her then husband, who she had been married to for almost 13 years at this point. I mean, you're talking about, you know, a long time jump. So we started working together and um, she was separated and I was separated and we did, developed a relationship. And so we've been married for, uh, we've been married for almost eight years now. So that's awesome. There awesome. you go. Yeah. There's the long and there's the really long and short version of it. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> well, That's how we know each other. Yeah. I, 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 we wanted to ask you that because just to point out how, you know, the power of, of music, the power of art brought you guys together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, now you have this and loving I this, relationship. I hid because he was so good looking. I couldn't stand it. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Oh, okay. Let me just oh, say man. this for all the viewers that can't see us. I was about 75 pounds lighter and was wearing a 32 in the waist and a medium shirt yeah. at that point. So You're still there you go. <laughs> and just for the record to note, uh, we still have to beat the girls off of Matt Branch when he's singing pretty stuff. So oh, he, would like to, he would like to think that's not the case. Yeah. But uh, So can I introduce Charlie to you guys? Please. I mean, this might be a little bit off script. I won't take a long time You're doing fine. this. But Charlie Crisp. I'm going to say, hey, Charlie. Hey, I'm Charlie. <laughs> this is Charlie. We wanted him on this interview because when Mike Mike uh, led on to the, uh, you know, when we first started playing music together, Mike led on the fact that we were playing at my dad's church together, and we were. But Charlie has been, and I've always, and I'll say this on radio, and I've said it behind his back, I've said it to his face, I'll say it in front of you, but I have considered Charlie my second dad. Not because he's tended to keep me in line more times than not. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. But, um, I had a friend of ours that was like, hey, man, Garden City Pier wants you guys to come play. You know, this is back in our cold shot days. They want you to come you know, set up, do our thing. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big thing. And I was like, yeah, man. I told the guy on the phone, I was like, yeah, we're going to come play. That's cool, man. Book us. And I got off the phone and Charlie said, what was that about? And I said, well, uh, Booger, the guy we called Booger, his name Randy Stubbs. Booger said, uh, you know, such and such wants to book you guys to play at Garden City Pier, and I just booked a date. He said, is it a Friday and Saturday? I said, yeah, Friday, Saturday. He said, uh, now I want to point out real quick, Charlie didn't ask how much we was getting paid. He didn't care how much we were getting Where we was getting laying our heads at night. Charlie has one simple question that put us all back on air. He said, tell him, how many songs do we know? <laughs> we had about 12 songs and they wanted us to play from nine to one. Both oh, nights. Man. Yeah, both nights. So he said, unless you guys are planning on repeating songs, we need to cancel that date cancel. and put some more dates exactly. together. Put some more songs together. Charlie so Charlie has kept us in line, but yeah. Charlie's played in a band called Peril. He's played in a bunch of rock and roll, rock and roll bands. bands. When I started playing music with Charlie, he had hair. <laughs> he does it now. But Charlie, I'm telling you, man, you won't hear a lot from him, but Charlie... He's the man. I'm telling you, that dude keeps us in line. That's awesome. And we're just glad to have him. Yeah. So, well, Charlie, tell us about your influences, man. What got you into music to begin yeah, with? Well, first place, my dad. 
influenced me. Uh, Ray Christ, he played professional in the 50s. Keith Wells, Johnny Jack, Keith Wells, uh, Ray Price, his fiddles in the Hall of Fame. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, my dad wanted me to start country music with him, a band, when he come back from Nashville. And I didn't, I wouldn't go. I went. You were a rocker. I was a rocker. Deep Purple, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, but through the years, you know, I, you know, I got the taste of country music. And I said, I love it. Yeah. He, uh, Charlie gave us some, some taste uh, for some things we hadn't previously done. Matt, I don't know if you remember this one. Probably here. not. But go ahead and bring it on. Well, I sang Dixie. People just don't walk on by as I cry. The bottle had robbed him of all his rebel pride. I sang Dixie as he died. That's the kind of stuff Charlie turned us on to, man. That's Rock why you come and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, when Charlie come on the scene, we didn't know um, <laughs> what we should be playing or even what was good, and Charlie and his 400-plus album collection was able to get us a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, I'm sure, man. Charlie Charlie had the records. Charlie's still got the records. I'm telling you, a vinyl, a CD, an eight-track, mini-disc, if you name it and you want a copy of it. Charlie Crispin Gastonia has a copy of it. You get in touch with him. He'll help you. And I'm so I wanted to I wanted to give the listeners, man. I, I wanted to, you know, Charlie's been standing in the background listening to us do our thing, and I just I just wanted to make sure that they knew that you know, we have a legitimate bass player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we love him. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's That's right. Right. It is what it is. Well, absolutely, man. I imagine it's everywhere, you know, Facebook, YouTube's all of it, but where can our listeners find more of you guys? Because I'm sure they want to after this episode. I certainly want to find so more of you guys. You go. So we're on Facebook under Dixie Revival. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, CD Baby, and just a quick Google search, you can find us. DixieRevivalMusic.com will get you to our webpage. It'll show you where our music is up, as well as our uh, our merchandise studio where you can design and pick out you know, shirts and and all kinds of crazy stuff, you know, anything and that, all stuff's kind of constantly changing. But uh, DixieRevivalMusic.com yeah. is the big one, and, it, and that'll branch you out. But we're on your major streaming services, you know, Spotify, uh, Apple Music, which used to be iTunes, uh, CD Baby. Uh, and then what's there was another one you always we're throw on up. YouTube. You, yeah, on, on obviously YouTube. on YouTube there. You yeah. know, I highly there. encourage anybody listening to, to go check them out and support this band because you're not just supporting the band. You're supporting all the artists that they support too. Uh, I think it's important to mention that. And on that note, segue, uh, t- uh, you, you mentioned before about you've had different types of musicians and hear different types of music. I want to know, tell me about a session that completely took you by surprise. You, know, you brought someone in that was going to play rock or R&B or soul or whatever. You weren't expecting much. And then you get behind the booth and next thing you know, you're blown away. How about guilty pleasure? I'm trying to think. Uh, well, I, I just want to plug Avery Robertson, man. He was um, yeah. he was the kid most recently that I was able to work with. These guys, Matt and Holly, brought him to me. Uh, they brought his three or four song EP to me, and he said they said, "Now look, he wants to do something kind of modern, which is right up my alley and our alley, of course." Mm-hmm. Uh, and listening to what we had on a demo of him, I wasn't sure what to expect. And the kid at less than I think what is he seventeen mm-hmm. years old. 
He's he, 18. 18. And he just blew me away with songwriting ability, the tenure mm-hmm. and his voice. That's and awesome. The, and the way Avery, he could, I'm telling you, man, if yeah. you're looking for something genuine, uh, you know, a lot of people pitch a lot of songs. You can imagine us being in, you know, the recording business and, and a lot of people pitch a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. But as far as hometown, quality, this guy, man, I can't echo it enough. Yeah. Well, and the I, songs I that we recorded for him were just absolutely fantastic. His writing is just, yeah, it's not like what you would that's think. A, that's a good example. Um, I, I would strongly agree with that. Um, and his name is Avery what? Avery, Avery Robertson. Robertson. Now, Robertson. Avery's dad, Tony, is from a bluegrass family. Tony's dad and Tony's uncle were um, from an old bluegrass band called Wildgrass. Okay, from the seventies, and they were kind of a big thing. They were a big thing, yeah. And then Tony, yeah. Yeah. Then Tony had a country band that kind of did a little stint for a while in Nashville. So the family has he's got pedigree roots, you know, in in the music industry. And you know, Tony's been one of our artists here. So I've been good friends with Tony for years, and seeing Avery, I always kid him about it because when he's here. But I remember going over and working with Tony on projects and Avery uh, in the floor wrestling with wrestling buddies. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just a yeah. little guy. So so when he said, you know, he was going to do music, you know, I was kind of halfway expecting it to be kind of a clone of his dad, you know, little grassy, little little that. But no, he I mean, actually, he's got... Yeah, he came in here, man, when he played us those and demos and was like, I want hey, to say this. I want to do these that. songs. He, was, he played us some demos, and I knew, you know, Matt and Holly pitched it to me as a player to help him kind of slash produce, slash play on the record and try to get the instrumentation he was looking for, the sounds. And he wrote a song, and, and I'm not going to give it away because it's coming out on an EP that we're just about done with, I think, here at the studio for Avery. Um, but he wrote a song for his grandfather, and his grandfather had passed away on a Tuesday. And he intended to play it for his grandfather's funeral on a Friday. And when when he played it for me, I sat in the sound booth and, and I cried. And I knew that at that point, that was going to be the kid that surprised me. And, and and he didn't let me down. He came to the studio with a very humble attitude and just blew us away with his not only his vocal ability, but just the way he could put words together. Uh, and true to standard artists, he didn't have any majestic guitar talent to throw at us. He wasn't a phenomenal mixer, but he could just ineptly sing and play, and it was just good to the core. That's, that's really awesome because... Um... You know, he, he wrote a song for his for his grandpa. I did that as well. I did that as well, and and I and I played it at his uh, funeral service. It was not easy to do, but I did get through it. And uh, yeah, so I can definitely relate to uh, you know to the, to this artist. That's really awesome that he that, you know that he did that. Ha- have you guys written any really personal songs that have to do a lot with um, you know with that sort of subject matter? Not necessarily with with that uh, particular subject about, you know, people passing away and that thing, although we've all experienced that. Um, <clears throat> we did write a song um, entitled That's What This Place Is For. And a lot of times people view, uh, gosh, how do I come across and say this? Uh, people people view churchgoers as very high and mighty, and they, they, they view them as very much... Uh, you've got to come up to my level or, or you, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you kind of have to be a, a certain way. Yeah. 
Some people treat people of faith differently because they don't have faith. Correct. And, you know, I don't want to get on any kind of soapbox, but Christians are human too. They're not all perfect. Exact, and, and that's yeah. exactly the premise around the song we wrote called That's What This Place Is For. And it's coming up, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to play that song for you guys that's coming out on our, on our, our latest record. Um, well, just I make sure you give it a listen when it comes out. I, make sure you support but it, guys. The, the premise behind that song, and the reason I kept using the word premise is because you have to kind of encompass everything that a lot of church people, you know, a lot of people, you walk into a church and they're like, oh, he's wearing blue jeans or he's, you know, he's got a t-shirt on. He's not wearing a suit and tie or, you know, a lot of people are viewed that way for walking into churches. And the song we wrote was called, That's What This Place Is For. And it basically just comes down and says, listen. Is that not what this place is for? Do I not walk? You know, it starts off talking about a guy in a bar, you know, and he leaves with the one night stand he's going to leave with. Is that not what that place is for? And then, right. And so then the second verse is, I stumbled my way into a church. You want to play it so bad, don't you? Yeah. I stumbled. No, well, that's not (laughs) the song he's playing. This is what we're going to do. But, you know, you know, you stumble your way into a church and you sit on the back row and you do your thing. And everybody looks at you like you're guilty of something, What's but is that is that not what that place right. is for? Right. So that's kind yeah. of the teaser behind what. So, the, yeah. what I don't want to give you, I don't want to give you that song yet because it's coming okay, out on do the next this, record. Do this song, but we're right. gonna do this Here one because here's the thing: this song is very similar undertones, and you'll kind of notice that a lot of our our latest writing kind of touch on this. Uh, this is a song we have entitled uh, "Heaven and Home." We'll do you a little piece of it. Sunday morning hangover is all that's left of Saturday night. I'm sitting in the church pew, but I'm about to lose the fight. The stained glass cross beside me looks more like a mirror. Mom always prayed one day I'd find myself here But judging eyes and church choirs Had never been my thing I've always put my faith in a strong drink A stage and guitar strings Everybody wants revival But nobody wants that fight Looking for Just an empty song Yeah, that bar stool feels like heaven This church pew feels like home So there's a little teaser there yeah, Nice, nice And you're right, you're right That song does have those undertones And yeah. What I'm enjoying most about your music And, and your whole attitude Is that you're not coming off like a lot of Christian artists would like you're coming at it 
It doesn't matter who you are. Come have fun with us. Come join us on this journey that we're taking. You know, we're coming from this place of faith, but, and it might not be where you're coming from, but you're still going to have fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the vibe I'm getting. I'm really enjoying it. So, since you said that, here we go. Oh, boy. It's hard to walk this gravel road. It's hard to find an overgrown. You will see how much I'm worth when you get past the rocks and dirt. Come on, walk with me. Oh, I'm the extra mile. When you do, you're gonna fall and wonder why. It all. You're so tired and weary that you won't stop. Cause every hill takes all you got. Come on, walk with me. That's a little piece of extra mile there. Thank you so much for doing this, guys. Seriously, you always this upbeat and positive. Like, are you? Is it just? I'll be a hundred percent until we get in the studio working together, and then we want to rip each other's throats out. I mean, that's just the honest to God truth, man. So so, that is just the honest to God truth. So, would you say that there are some some sometimes some creative indifferences with songwriting? Go ahead and take that. I don't know. I wouldn't call it indifferences. It's not really indifferences. It's being frustrated with yourself more than anything as an artist because you know you want oh, this certain yeah. thing and um, the little things that happen. But it's if just, you pick it, it will bleed. It will. It will bleed. Here's another point, too. Um, and I want to I go ahead. And I don't know that I give Holly or we give Holly enough credit. Holly's a big brain when it comes to figuring out what parts to sing, how it needs to be approached. And, and what I will say is that when me and Matt, and we're typically the ones that are button heads. Yeah. Typically, Holly's in the corner. Mike, play this. Don't play that. And I'm like, God's Matt, sake, turn it shut down. up. Yeah. You need to listen to me. I know what I'm doing. And then Holly out of nowhere goes, now, wait a minute. Now, let's do it like this. And for some odd reason, <laughs> typically, <laughs> she's the voice of reason there. And she, she helps us figure it out. So when indifferences come about, Holly's typically that deciding vote that goes, you both suck. Here, do it this way. No. <laughs> yeah, basically, that's what it comes down to. In a very nice, angelic way. Oh, it's she a says, very angelic uh, way. By the way. Uh, well, yeah, we're kind of burying the lead with Holly. Um, uh, she does deserve a lot of credit. Doesn't, uh, doesn't she hold a, a record of some sort? Yes. Yes, Talk she about does, Miss Holly. Oh, you're talking about the the number the the song the youngest. Yes, song? SGMA. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they have done their research, babe. Go yeah. ahead and tell them about Go it. Ahead. Yeah, way back in the let's see. In the Chisel was, and Stone era. Yeah. <laughs> well, I sang as a child, and you know when when you're singing as a child, it's kind of a commodity. You know, a lot of people, you know, 
you put kids on a stage, people are going to love it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, gosh, I had the singing bugs so bad, and I was always up in front of people. And I did a song called I Can Touch Heaven, and um, I've still got the... Yep. Oh gosh, I'm telling my age. Um, the 45 of that that's radio stations played back then. Charlie, she's around your age. Yes. Yes. I got real real. Oh I got real real. <laughs> See, that would be the year uh, 1988, and still to this day, I was, I was six ten, years old. By I was ten years old, and <laughs> um, I was not. Well, that born. was before I met you. Uh, but anyway, so so yeah, that was the the highest charting song. And still is the record and the youngest artist ever in the top 20 of a chart in, in gospel music. So that's a good point. Let, let's do Very this because this is always really cool. You would think that based on the way that we interact, we're all close, really close in age. I'm just going to do it here. I'm going to start with a name and an age, and we're going to go down the line. We're going to tell you all how old we are. Miss Holly? I was born in 1978. Very good. So, yes. My name is Mike. I was born in 92, which makes me 28. Mr. Charlie. I'm Charlie, 1957-63. And here you go. This is Matt. I was born in December of 1982. Mercy. So as you can see there, yeah, collectively, see. The, the age number is totally I mean, different. basically, you have a three-generation band. Yeah, yeah you're exactly right. right. And, and that's great, because I can only imagine how... That must make it almost easier to write music, to have that much influence, that say. span of experience. Yeah. Well, you've got what what I found when we go to write our when we go to write music is you've got and I hate to pick on Charlie, but you've got Charlie that's got that eighties rock kind of undertone. You kinda wanna send, you know, a, a, a powerful, you know, message on it. And then you've got me and Mike and Holly. Holly having the most uh Southern gospel kind of music overtone. And then you got me and Mike who were kind of raised on the Brantley Gilbert, kind of Jason Aldean, kind of, you know, kind of, yeah, or, or some little of that Joe stuff. Diffie, you know, yeah. little Joe Diffie stuff. So what you have when you come into a room to write some music is you have, like you guys said, you have generations mm-hmm. right. of Experience. what should go into music. And right. so it's just, it just comes out being what it is, man. Mm-hmm. And so far... The songs we've written have been very well received in the audiences we played them. So, yeah, you, you guys, you guys got a second in your interview. I, well, oh. before before you do, I just want to throw this out. I just recently, yesterday, listeners, check it out. I got a pickup truck. It's your host Cody with a K. And so the fact that you started playing Pickup Man by oh, Dippy, check this out. So, so we, we did this. We did this. We did this segment. You were feeling our, that, I was you? feeling that, man. In, in our last, in our live show, we do this segment where we do music that we grow up on. Um, and if you come see us, you'll we'll do a piece of something that each of us kind of reckon back to our childhood. And what's funny is I always make Matt do this one here. The pickup man, you're gonna do it. Yeah. Well, I got my first truck when I was three. Drove a hundred thousand miles on my knees. Hauled marbles and rocks and thawed twice before Hauled a Barbie doll bed for a girl next door Tried to paint me with a kiss and I began to understand There's something women like about a pickup man Well I turned 16, saved a few hundred bucks My first car was a pickup truck I was cruising the town and the first girl I seen was Bobby Joe Gentry, her homecoming queen. She flagged me down and climbed up in the cab and said, I never knew you were a pickup man. You can set my truck on fire, 
Rolling down a hill and still wouldn't trade for a coot dip meal. Got an eight foot bed that never has to be made. You know, if it weren't for trucks, they wouldn't have tailgates. Spent all my wives in traffic jams. Just something women like about a pickup man. That's right. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're having fun now, you Matt, that's always make Matt do this one. Uh, do that one. Now, this one I always do for Charlie in lieu of his ability. Charlie doesn't like to sing. Charlie can sing. He always tells us he don't do it because if he did it, then none he's of us would He's a bass player and sings the bass line. Yeah, well, so his, really I'm his just thing kidding. is, I'm he kidding. always says if he sings that we'd all quit because he's too good at it. Let's <laughs> 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 so always do this one. Yeah. Uh, my grandfather played fiddle on this song in a couple different recordings, and uh, if, you, if you find a copy of it, you should buy it on a 45. It's probably going to be worth money one day. Well, heartache number one was when you left me. I never knew that I could hurt this way. Well, heartache number two was when you came back again. You came back and never meant to stay. Now I've got heartaches by the number, troubles by the score. Every day you love me less, each day I love you more. Now I've got heartaches by the number, a love that I can't win. But the day that I stop counting, that's the day my world will end. I can That's see Charlie back there tearing up, yeah. trying yeah. not to cry. I gotta say, Matt, you're like a walking, talking stream of music consciousness. Like, it's just coming out of you. Yeah. It's like he can't help himself. I love it. Anytime we get in a spot, whether it's in a church, which we play a lot of church venues, guys, doing the, the positive message thing, and believe it or not, a lot of people are really receptive to the, the point where we break it all down and the lights come down and we're like, we, we get on some stools and we're like, hey, we're going to do you guys some songs that we grew up on. You yeah. know, the country music thing. Stuff that you would absolutely not hear in a church. We bring it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, being honest with you, a lot of those people are like, yeah, I listen to that stuff. Yeah. And it's in my church, you know. So a lot of people are really receptive to that kind of thing. And we always depend on Mike to go, hey, let's pull it up. Rolling down a backwoods, Tennessee <laughs> byway. One arm on the wheel. Oh, my lover with the other. A sweet some southern thrill I worked hard all week I got a little jingle On the Tennessee Saturday night Couldn't feel better Cause I'm together With my Dixieland delight Spend my dollar Parked in a holler mountain moonlight I hold her up tight make a little loving little turtle diving on a Mason Dixon night fits my life 
oh so right. Here we go. My Dixieland. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I'm rushing, rushing till life's no fun. All I really gotta do is live and die. But I'm in a hurry and don't know why. Can't be late. Not even plenty of time. Shaking hands with the clock. Until life's no fun All I really gotta do is live and die But I'm in a hurry and don't know why All I really gotta do is live and die But I'm in a hurry and don't know why Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Wow! I feel like I'm, we're getting this intimate personal concert. Yeah. It's, it's turning into a show. And, 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 <laughs> and honestly, I'll just be 100% with you. Every time we come out and do something, we want to, we want people to feel like they're seeing something original, something they haven't in a way they haven't seen it. Maybe it's the same music they've heard from us before, but maybe it's in a new presentation, and we want to do our best to make sure every person that sees it Feels like it's a very unique experience, and that's the. On idea. that note, is there an upcoming show that people can come see you? Is there anything on the books? Oh, with oh COVID, wow! It's tough. Unfortunately, you know, everything's un- rescheduled, and yeah, unfortunately, with the COVID thing, man, everything's kind of got. We were slammed for June and July, mm-hmm. August and September, and everything yeah. just kind of got moved. Everybody's kind of scared of the coronavirus thing, and I mean, I get it. You know, I understand that. You just but. missed our big one with our with our friends and partners, Carolina. We did a Carolina revival. Uh, was it last week or week? By the last? way, we are rescheduling. Oh, not rescheduling. Excuse me. We are scheduling a fall, a fall Carolina, Carolina revival. revival. Yeah, that's concert. right. This fall. Yeah. This so fall. there is an opportunity this year to yeah. see this these guys. year. Yeah. You guys can come see it's us. A, it's in the works. I will definitely make sure I include you guys on the um, the info that that comes in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, we'll, well, you we'll know we'll it. promote it. Yeah, yeah. It's called the Same Carolina story. Revival. Yeah, it's it's a thing we started doing. We partnered with a friend of ours. We're going to sell plates. We're going to auction off some stuff. We're going to do some raffles and. The, the entire idea is just to give all of us musicians and a couple of us in our group here the opportunity to come play and, and, and present our music and give you guys an opportunity to get out of the house and come see us. But so, look for us in the fall. <clears throat> so speaking of that, should um, can we do our new single? Absolutely, we'd love to hear your uh, so new this, song. Let's hear it. This song is called Tail Lights, and it's kind of a it's kind of a push and a kind of a highlight to our grassroots. Um, all of us are just a big big fan of bluegrass. We don't we don't do a lot of it, but this is kind of a push to those roots. Uh, we hope you guys like it. Okay. Well, my friends and family. They all try to warn me Saying she'd be good as gone But I can't roll the dice Never thinking twice About the consequence of doing wrong 
Now I'm never paying much attention But now I'm learning firsthand Well it took taillights disappearing And two red eyes fading away For me to realize she means business I never took the time or care about the man in the mirror because he never needed any fixing, no, no. But now I'm coming around because my life's turned upside down and I see I'm bruised and broken. I really wish I would listen, but it went over my head. And it took taillights disappearing, and two red eyes fading away. For me to realize she means business, and now it's too Just have a hit on your hands with that, that one, the man. Single coming out, guys. So get you, get you a video to tell the story. Yeah. I'm telling you, that's 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 good. Yeah. That's really good. Absolutely. So yeah, we do have one more question. We ask this of everybody. We love the answers we get. Clearly, you guys are successful in what you do. We want you to define success. Okay, I think to do that, the four of us have to give an independent. Um, what's going to be funny is yes, I, I want all four of us to do something, say something different, and what's going to be funny is we're all going to come in line and watch this. I think being successful in your music 
is being able to reach somebody and convey the feeling and emotion that you intended when you cut what you you cut. Miss yes. Holly, what do you think? Ditto. Uh, that was very close to what I was thinking. If I could add a little piece to that, I would say um, success is doing what you love for a living in anything. And so that's that's definitely what we do. We yeah, all sure, are man. passionate about music, and we love it, and we do all styles and all kinds, and and we get to do it for a living. We get to. We don't have to go sing anywhere. We get to go sing places. Charlie, yeah. so. what do you think? I'm just saying, being honest to yourself and what you do. You know, don't try to push nobody down. Just do what you do. And just be honest and be proud of what you do. Just Whatever it is that you like do. it is, you know. Yeah. I like it. <clears throat> and I think for me, success is the genuine feeling of coming together and knowing that what you're going to cut is going to actually reach somebody. Um, a wise person, and I'm going to plug Scott Whitener here, man. <laughs> uh, Scott Whitener, a good buddy of ours, sings with Carolina. A good friend of mine, Scott Whitener, told me, if you can't leave people sitting on the edge of their seat thinking what's next, what's coming next, then you haven't done your job. Mm-hmm. So whether they agree with the style of music that you do or whether you know they really love the song or, or they're going to rush out and buy the record, I think for me success is, is actually leaving somebody on the edge of their seat thinking, wow. And it has nothing to do with riding in a bus. It has nothing to do with making a ton of money. It has absolutely nothing to do with what people feel about you or any of that stuff. It has absolutely everything to do with how did the music make you feel? How did it relate to you? And if we can relate to somebody, then we've done our job. And that's success to me. Well, you've certainly left us here on Rooster Radio on the edge of our seats. I've been sitting like this for 20 minutes. Yeah. For those that can't see, I'm like on the edge of my seat. It's, it's true. I've been watching the whole time. Well, <laughs> I, I, want, I want to plug you with one more thing, and, I, and I, I do a lot of talking for us because I'm not shy to talk, and these guys just kind of let me do our thing. But one more thing I want you to understand. Um, this positive message thing that we're doing is for a point. And if you don't know why we're doing it, I want you to reach out to us, Mac, Matt, Mike, and Holly, and Charlie on Facebook would be more than glad off of Dixie Revival's page to tell you about that that light, that hope, that, that reason we do what we do. If you don't have a purpose, we'd be more than glad to give you one. We could we tell you what our purpose is. And we'd be glad to share it with you because I think a lot of people lose the idea of, of what what it is that we're trying to spread, I don't intend to push a church. I don't intend to push in a political affiliation. Uh, I do want to make sure that you understand you need to keep your guns. Uh, you need to push your Second Amendment rights. That's the only thing I'm going to push on you. But everything else, I'm going to leave up to you. And I want you to understand that if you want to know how I stand, I'll be more than glad to talk to you about it. If you don't believe me, that's okay. But I want you to know, we have a way we believe. Um, and this is why we believe what we do Amazing Grace out of Dean. why we are what we are right here guys
to sing God's praise. There.